welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Good morning, church family. Hope you all are doing great this morning. Ryan, thank you so much uh, for doing that. I know for probably more than just me, it spoke to my heart. Because I think every, was, every one of us can relate to that time in life where maybe we decided to step back a little bit, you know what I mean? And kind of do things our own way, and it blessed me. So thanks, man. Well, first of all, glad to be here. Glad you guys are here. It's going to be a great morning. Uh, if you're online here this morning, thank you so much for joining us. We love you. We want you to know we see you kind of through the camera. And uh, if, if you're online this morning, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to get out your phone and any staff member you know, but particularly Tim and Christy, if you've got their number, I want you to blow up their phone right now, okay? <laughs> Just let them know. Tell them you love them. Let them know. Uh, if you're new here this morning, my name is Scott Sullivan. I'm the executive pastor here. Tim and Christy, our senior pastors, are taking a little breath this week, uh, which is awesome. Um, and if please come back another week where you can hear Tim get his preach on, uh, because you will not be disappointed without a doubt. Uh, this, whew, those glasses do not work with those lights. So, uh, this morning, first of all, we've been in the middle of a brand new series. Um, we've been in two weeks called renewal and Tim has spent the last two weeks talking about this need that we have in our hearts for a reset, a revival a renewal. And I loved the video that he used a couple weeks ago, and it was that of the tide, the tide that fills up. And, you know, when it's all the way to the edge, it looks so full and swollen. But then that tide over time, it recedes back into the ocean. And in a lot of ways, that is the current temperature of our spiritual culture in the United States right now. And a lot of that is because of everything that we have gone through in the last 10 months. The tide has been receding a little bit. And this morning, I want to talk about going forward. I want to talk about an opportunity to step up, an opportunity to step out of that season. And in 2021, that we might have a renewal of our hearts in worship. I, uh, when Tim asked me to preach about worship, I was like, come on, because I love worship. You know, my, I, I, when I grew up and I started going to church in my middle school years, it was worship that drew me in. I think at that period of time, my brain could only handle about 10 minutes of a sermon, but whoo, when the worship kicked up, I was all in. And really, before I even understood what Christianity was about or, or, you know, the thought of going to seminary someday or becoming a pastor, I was a worshiper. It connected with my heart. And that's why I'm so excited to preach about this this morning. I want to take you guys this morning uh, to a passage of scripture that every time I think of worship, this is the scripture that I think about. Okay, and if you've got your Bibles with me this morning, I want you to go to 2 Samuel 6. We're going to jump right in. And if, if you don't know this story, it's the story of King David. Okay, King David has just 
gotten the Ark of the Lord back from the Philistines. They had taken it. They had won a battle and taken the Ark of the Lord. And the Ark of the Lord or the Ark of the Covenant, it was the place where the presence of God resided. And so to the Jewish people, this was so important. And when David became king, he went after it. And the Lord helped him. And they got the Ark of the Lord back. And in this story that we're going to look at, he's coming back into the city. Okay? And they, they've got God's presence with them. He's the king at this point. And when he comes into the city, it says this in verse 14. It says, David dressed in a linen ephod, okay, which is kind of like a cloth diaper in a sense. Uh, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets. I love this because it was like, David was by himself. He came into the city just dancing and singing and moving his body, and he's shouting praise to God. Nothing could stop David from giving all that he had. And as the story goes, his wife, Michal, it's, it looks like Michael, M-A-C-H-A-L, but in the Jewish, it's Michal. I can't do that little chal, but it's there, Okay. Michal, when he gets home that night, he says to, she says to David, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants, as any vulgar fellow would do. And it's what David responds to her that captured my heart. It says, I will celebrate the Lord I will become even more undignified than this. I will be humiliated in my own eyes. Like I said, David worshiped as if nobody else was in the room. And I love that. But more importantly, David's worship of God put all of the emphasis of this victory that David had on the battlefield on God. He was giving God the praise for what God had done. He was the whole reason why they had that victory and were able to get the Ark of the Lord back to Jerusalem. And what I love about that scripture is it really matches up with another scripture that we have been looking at in the course of this series on renewal. And it's the story of Mary and the alabaster jar. And if you haven't been here, that story can be found in uh, Mark 14, Let's see, it's a couple different places. Mark 14 and in Matthew 26 as well. And it's the story, there's a bunch of people in a house and Mary comes up and she's got this possession that is worth, it's called the alabaster jar and it's worth about a year's worth of wages. And she breaks this alabaster jar and inside this perfume just goes all over Jesus. And everybody in the room is like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? That was worth a year's wages. But for Mary, it wasn't about the perfume. It wasn't about the expense of it. It was about her worship. And when you put these two things side by side, you see something. Regardless of the people in the room, regardless of the naysayers, Mary is taking all she has, all that she holds dear, and giving it to the Lord. 
It's an extravagant act of worship. An extravagant act of worship. To marry Jesus was worth or worthy of her most prized possession. And David, the Lord was worthy of making himself the fool. Because he wanted to give God all the praise. It was an extravagant act of worship. And I think this begs the question of us. As it comes to your own personal worship. Are you giving Jesus the worthiness in your life that he deserves? And if not, what steps can you take to get to that place of extravagant worship in 2021? Whether you're returning to it or setting up your heart to experience that for the very first time. I'm just going to tell my mom I'm busy right now. <laughs> she's, she's obviously not watching the live stream, <laughs> which she told me she was. Come on. Okay, we're coming back. We're coming back in. <laughs> Listen, to get our hearts to this place where we have the worthiness of who Jesus is, of who God is, and we put so much worth on that that we're willing to give this extravagant act of worship, it takes some effort. It takes some action on our behalf. And I think to begin with, we kind of have to step back just a little bit and begin with what is worship, okay? Up on the screen here, this is going to be like any dictionary that you pull up. You're going to get this kind of a definition of worship, okay? It was a word that uh, our English word worship wasn't really used about the 1300s. It, it spoke of worthiness, respect, reverence. It says below, it's reverence offered a divine being or supernatural power or a form of religious practice with its creed and ritual, or extravagant respect or admiration for, or devotion to an object of esteem, very much like the worship of money, okay? Now, this is obviously a dictionary definition. I want to just break the word down for a second, okay, which has two parts. And this is Scott's definition, okay? You're not going to find this in any dictionary. When I look at the context of Mary and David and their extravagant worship, I think both of them put an extraordinary amount of worth and worthiness on the Father and on Jesus in Mary's case. They had experienced firsthand the power, the strength, the perfectly holy and excuse me, the perfectly holy and true nature of God that in every way was the reason for their living for their breathing, and every victory and every good thing that had happened to them in their life. There was no person, place, or thing that could rival that of the Father and the Son in their life. Yeah. And that's the noun part of the word. It's this honor, respect, admiration, reverence, this I can't do without you feeling that sits in your heart. Okay? Yeah. Okay? So that's the first part, the worth or the were, okay? The second part is the verb part, the ship, okay? The ship part of the word is very much like that of a ship that goes out on a mission. 
Okay, it has a purpose. It has a destination. And when David danced, and when Mary broke the alabaster jar, jar, they were delivering the extravagant worthiness that the Father and the Son deserved. It was deeply personal for both of them, as it should be for us. But it was an action that played out in their life. Now, obviously, the word worship in the English dictionary is not just devoted to God, okay? As the dictionary meaning expresses, worship can be devotion to a person, place, thing, ideal. I think we saw a little bit of that last week at the Capitol. As it comes to worship, we as humans give a lot more worship for much lesser worth. Let me say, let me say that one more time. Because I know it's true of myself. I give a lot more worship for much lesser worth sometimes. Pre-COVID, you can go to pretty much any NFL game or college game, and you're going to see a form of worship. All dressed up, painted up, masks on, you know, whatever the case may be. It's a simple form of worship. In this election season, on both sides of the aisle, you see a certain amount of worship. I'll never forget this video from the 60s. These are Beatle fans. My favorite. Hold on just a sec. She's, she's coming up. We came here. We came here at 6 o'clock in the morning, 5 30 to see them, and all they do is put your ball and ball away. And then they don't even let you see them. This girl is crying over the fact that she did not get close enough to the Beatles. She's, she's crying over it. This is a form of worship, guys. As it comes to worship, I remember a preacher, and I know if you've grown up in church, you've probably heard this as well. But this preacher said, I can tell you what you worship if you give me your checkbook and you give me your day planner. Because what we worship most of the time comes out in what we spend our money on and where we put our time. They're both a direct reflection of the things that we care about the most, the things that we give worth to, in essence, the things that we worship. I saw a quote this week from Craig Rochelle on Instagram, and it said this. It said, your leadership is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. Which I thought was good, but I was like, I don't know. In the moment, I was writing about worship, so it didn't really hit me, okay? Until I replaced that word leadership with worship. Now, your worship is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. In this past year, guys, even right now, we're still dealing with the voices, the media, the social media, and they are all vying for our strongest thoughts. Whether they're political, whether they're racial, whether they're pandemical, it rhymed and I really like that. These things are vying for your heart, mind, soul, and strength. This last year has been a fight for your attention, a fight for your thoughts, 
The amount of information that we have taken in over this past year is overwhelming. It's no wonder that our worship, our heart for God, has receded a little bit. Because in a lot of ways, our strongest thoughts and our attention have been hijacked. So this morning, okay, with the rest of our time, I want to look ahead. I want to look how we as individuals, family, friends, as a church body, we can say, nope, not today, Satan. Not this week, Satan. Not this month, Satan. Not this year, Satan. And take back, much like David did, the place where the presence of God exists. Because the presence of God doesn't live in the ark of the Lord anymore. The presence of God lives in your heart. It lives in your soul. And it's time for us to take that back. So I'm going to give you three by three simple ways to renew your worship in 2021. Okay, three points and three sub points on each one. The power of three, I'm calling it. And I'm going to move quickly through these because we only got so much time. Okay, so if you're taking notes, write quickly. (laughs) First of all, three ways you can renew your heart for worship. Number one, invite the Holy Spirit into your renewal. David, the same David, the same King David, he went through a really rough patch in his life. And he wrote this in Psalm 51.10. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. It starts with that, guys. It starts with inviting them to come in. We always say around here that prayer is the beginning and the end of everything that we do. And the reason why is because it has to do with the Holy Spirit being a part of it. Without the Holy Spirit being a part of it, it's null and void. So we need to invite him in to that journey. Number two of renewing your heart, guard your heart. One of my favorite verses, Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Be wise about what you let in. There is a difference between being informed and influenced, okay? And anything that takes you away from the heart of God is not only not beneficial, but it is literally stealing life right out from under you. Number three on renewing your heart, give thanks. Psalm 91.1 says, I will give thanks to the Lord with all, or excuse me, with my whole heart. I will tell of all of his wonderful deeds. All good things come down from the Father of heavenly lights, it says in James. And the more that we recognize those things, the more that we give thanks, uh, Stephen said, the more we give praise, it changes your perspective, okay? When you're not thinking negatively, when you're not constantly just asking, Lord, give me this, give me this, just praise him. Give him praise for the things that he is doing in your life. So those three things for the heart, invite the Holy Spirit in. Guard your heart and give thanks. Okay, second one. Three ways you can renew your mind for worship. Number one, renew your time with God. 
Paul says in Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? Input. It goes back to that quote by Craig Rochelle. What are your deepest thoughts? If they are of God, if they are the word of God, they're going to bring life. Yeah. It will lead the rest of your life. Yeah. This one works hand in hand with the guard your heart part. Anytime you're trying to change a habit, you stop doing one thing, but you've always got to fill that with something else. So as we're guarding our heart and we're not necessarily letting those thoughts in that influence us, we have to replace that. We have to input in that which we want to hold on to, the word of God. Number two on renewing your mind, spend time growing in faith with other believers. Guys, Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says this. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Family, no man is an island. You've heard that term used. You have two options as a believer, to walk this road in isolation all on your own or to walk it with others who are encouraging you, spurring you on. God's plan, Jesus' plan, is the latter. What did Jesus do while he was here? He surrounded himself, not only in, in, in the small circle of the 12 disciples, but he was all, always around others. He was always helping others, serving others. It was done in community. When you walk this walk on your own, it's like trying to be a football player with one leg. It's like trying to play the cello with no arms. You can do it, but it's really hard. Number three of how to renew your mind. My kids use this saying a lot. You be you. You be you. What do I mean by that? I mean that you don't have to be like anybody else. You don't have to worship like anyone else. God created you uniquely. And he created you to worship him in the way that you worship. David did it by dancing and shouting out God's name. Mary did it by literally just taking the alabaster jar and breaking it over the head of Jesus and then falling to his feet and wiping her tears off of his feet with her hair. You need to find out for you how you worship and be free in that. You guys remember the song in the 90s? Free your mind, free your mind, and the rest will follow. Come on. That's what I'm saying. You, you got to figure out how you worship. And you got to live in that. And be okay with that. Because that's all God wants, is your heart and your mind. Okay. So renew your mind. Once again, was renew your time with God. Spend time growing in faith with other believers. And you be you. Number three, three ways to renew your soul for worship. First one, keep your eyes open for God. He's all around you guys. He, God just doesn't show up here on Sunday mornings like, okay, I'm finally here. He's with you every day, every moment. Wherever you go, his presence is there. 
It says in Philippians 4, 8 through 9, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, think about such things. There's so many things in life that you can choose from. I think one of the things that I remember that was so excellent, I just went, man, that is God. Was Michael Jordan taken off from the free throw line? That picture of him in the air? I can look at that and I can go, that's God. That is God's gift placed on this man. There's, I don't know if you guys have ever heard about the sunflower thing. I think sunflowers are really cool. And on your way back to Colorado on I-70, you come across sunflower fields. And sorry, I'm from Colorado. So when I drive back there, when you come across these sunflower fields, sunflowers are so unique that their face follows the sun every single day. So it starts when the sun rays up and all of the sunflowers just follow across the sky until it goes down. And then they have a natural cycle that during the night they sweep across and to meet the sun when it rises again. Tell me that's not incredible. That is the creativity of God. One other one I wanted to show you. After the first six months of last year, we all needed a break. And in my family, we took a little vacation to Colorado. And this was my view outside of our porch in, in, in Buena Vista, Trilex, Colorado. I remember just sitting on, that, on the outside deck by myself, looking at that and just soaking in the presence of God and giving him praise and honor and glory. And this is what we need to learn to do in the midst of our daily lives. I heard a DJ the other day talk about she was coming around the corner and there was a homeless guy with some headphones on. And like David, he was dancing with all of his might, just living in that moment. And she said, I saw God in him. I saw the joy of the Lord in him. Now, I don't know what he was singing or dancing about, but she saw God in the midst of it. And that's what we need to do. Number two, serve others. Acts 20, 35 says, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Billy Graham said the highest form of worship is the worship of unselfish Christian service. I've always thought this is the secret sauce that nobody tells you about. It's the hardest to do because it takes our time and a lot of times it might even take our money. But it's truly the heart of Jesus. It's who he was. It's why he came. And when you serve others, you are worshiping in maybe one of the highest forms of worship that there is, loving others. And lastly, on renewing your soul, tell your story. Just like Ryan did. Your story makes a difference in other people's lives. And we love stories here at OKC Community. And we're putting together a thing where you're going to be able to go to part of our website and write in your stories because we want to hear more of these stories. We want to hear your heart because guess what? Somebody in the audience today resounded with Ryan. And it's going to help them walk out their Christian walk. Tell your story. So we've talked about your heart, your mind, and your soul. 
I'm going to invite the band to come back up. And you may be saying to yourself, Scott, you did heart, mind, and soul. What happened to strength? That's part of that verse. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. I saved strength for last on purpose. Because it takes strength to bring the tide back in. It takes strength to make decisions to be an extravagant worshiper. And as it comes to strength, I'm just giving you one thing. One thing that if you'll do this one thing, then renewing your heart and renewing your mind and renewing your soul is going to be so much easier. And that one thing is put Jesus in his rightful place in your life. Put him back on the throne. We've dealt with a lot this year, a lot of things, like I mentioned, capturing our attention. And I think even in my own life, at times he's kind of fallen off the number one spot to down two or three, stick him back at the top. Put him on the throne of your life. Make him your priority in life and, and then put everything else around that. Because guys, as it comes to extravagant worship, it is not a Sunday morning thing. It's not a one-time-a-week thing. It's a live-your-life thing. It's a show-God-every-day how much worth you give Him. And when we worship Him, no matter how we do it, when we put Him number one, it's the easiest form of making sure everything else falls in line. So I want you to stand with me. We're going to say prayer here in a second, and then we're going to worship one more time. And we're going to sing the song, Reign Above It All. Because this morning, I truly believe in our hearts that this is our desire, that this is what we believe, that God does reign above it all. He is the creator of the heavens and earth. He is uniquely created each one of us, has uniquely created each one of us. And if we believe that in our hearts, then let's take the steps that we need to take to make 2021 the year that we had a breakthrough in worship. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your goodness and your kindness, for your mercy in a year that's been hard, Lord. Father, I just pray right now that Holy Spirit, you would move in us. You would renew our spirits. Father, that you would help us to put you back on the throne of our lives. Father, we love you. We honor you. We give you praise. And this morning, we go out worshiping you. Thank you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.